Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Calcio Pantheon. As always, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Danielle. As always, I am joined by my fellow podcaster and fellow journalist, Elliot. How are you doing tonight? I think you know the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, And today is a very special episode. We have one of Elliot's good friends who happens to be a Lazio supporter. Um, he's also a podcaster himself. He goes by the um, Instagram name Picking Cleats, otherwise known as Fernando. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. I'm thrilled. Beyond the moon, excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to be a rough one. Uh, <laughs> I can definitely tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to have you on, but I wish it was under better circumstances. <laughs> we were talking about this game for a while, a long, long while, so finally it happened for sure. Yeah, I, th- I thought we were either good. I thought it would be a Roma win or a draw. Yeah, no, so it wouldn't, sure. I wouldn't. I, I didn't feel like I was going to be in this seat, especially a couple weeks ago when we were playing so well. Then yeah. Yeah. that's all right, though. Yeah, I can handle it. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I was I was really nervous coming into this game for obvious reasons. You guys doing so hot, uh, yeah, in, in the A, and us not doing so well, and with Inzaghi's tactics are really dicey and stuff like that. But again, thrilled. Um, I really thought you guys would at least pull a goal or two somewhere in there. But yeah, the, like we discussed before, like the defense was was kind of sleepy. It was like you know, Smalling where was he? Um, and it's funny when you posted that, um, that tweet on, on your, on your Instagram there that, you know, your, your goalie between the sticks and Lopez was like the, the man of the match in essentially, even though the, the result wasn't there, I agree with you. Like he was, you know, he was the boss. He was kind of keep everything together. Yeah. It like, it's the, the bad part of it is like, cause the whole thing was like, we need to buy a goalkeeper. Now I don't feel like we need to buy a goalkeeper at no, all, not at all, but but now we have so many other issues that I'm like, <laughs> no, it's it was just because you guys had me and Danielle have talked about Parma on the show a bunch. They're horrible. Mm-hmm. And yep. I thought you beat Parma, which is good. And we said this a week ago. They should have scored more because yep. Parma's god awful. Their defense is horrific. Mm-hmm. And you only beat them by two. And we and we had just uh stolen a point off Inter after outplaying them for most of the match. So going into this game, I'm like, all right, I think we get this because we're playing in good form. As long as we don't have the big game issue, then we should do okay. At worst, we get a draw. So mm-hmm. going into this game, I was like, I was basically like, okay, if we don't at least get a point, if we even get a point, it'll be embarrassing because we're on really good form. You were starting to pick it up, but a lot of those, but you had lost uh, a game in between, sort of uh, that stretch of game. So I just, I don't know. It was, it was just a rough one. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely for sure. Um, with again with Inzaghi, like I was again nervous coming into the game. I thought you guys were gonna a tie. I thought it was gonna be a loss, regardless. Like tie, no tie. I thought you guys were gonna demolish us. The thing I was really happy about Inzaghi was um, obviously kept the same formation. Was I wasn't too thrilled about. I liked him to switch it up a little bit. But he got rid of my most hated player on the Lazio team, which is Patrick. He started with mm-hmm. Radu. I've said this time and time again that. 
Patrick, he's he's not a he's not a center back. Like he's a fullback, and that transition yeah. for him was too big. He's too small of a guy. He's not an Alaba or Joshua Kimmich that can adapt. And he's, oh yeah, right. And so this Justin Bieber looking character on the field. <laughs> You know what I mean? Justin Bieber in the sense of 2009, 2007, when he first came out, all right? So, yeah, you get this small guy coming up with these big attackers or fast attackers, he's going to take him down. He's going to, you know, cleat chop him, brain in the box. So, um, obviously, I love Radu. He's getting older. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I'm really glad with the, with the form up uh, for yeah. him as well. That- that was a good move. Yes. I don't like Radu, not because he plays for Lazio, mm-hmm. but because he plays for my national team. Yep. And my national team to play for Lazio. But that's why I don't like him. But that was that was the right move in that situation. Because my thing was, like, personally, I think Immobile is better than Lukaku. Sorry, Danielle. Mm-hmm. But I think Lukaku's physicality is harder to deal it's with. It's huge. So my thing was like, okay, if if Mancini and I think they went around this the wrong way, they should not have put Mancini on him. They should have put, um, or sorry, they shouldn't have put Ibanez on him. They should have gone with Smalling to attack that part or Mancini. And the the defense was horrible that game. Mm-hmm. But I thought the approach was wrong because the thing with Immobile doesn't have the physicality of of Lukaku. Mm-hmm. So if if we can just chase him out of the spots basically a drama space he wants to get into then i felt we could win the game and if we did that we were going to win but then you know then defensive mistake defensive mistake we're down two nil after what felt like two minutes and then we were just chasing the game the rest of it and i think we only had like one shot on target the whole time and honestly it probably could have been worse because if i had this right i think you guys all, all your shots were on target mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for lopez it would have been so much worse yeah, and I, uh, I mean, all I got to do is obviously praise him all good, but Luis Alberto, my God, this guy, like he's just, yeah. who I, we're not worthy. Like bending down, I'm like bending down to the TV, and I was like, we're not worthy, honestly. Like despite the whole um, thing with the president and him bashing the president, this and that, and he's right in a way, but you know, as a professional football, league, you kind of don't want to do that, but. Mm-hmm. We see – I'm really impressed with him with this game, especially because he wasn't doing too much of this these fancy back heels. Like, it's, I don't know if anybody knows, but Luis Alberto, he's always this trickster. He's always doing these no-look passes. And, like, dude, you're such a great player. You don't need to do that all the time. Like, I feel like – It's like – sometimes it's like he's doing too much when he, he doesn't too need much. to. He's too, too much work. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. No, Alberto was great. Um, when I when I wrote my article, not my the article I did on the game, but the one I did after the talking points that I didn't want to put on my Instagram, it's just because <laughs> I, I just didn't want to. It's it, it's out there if you want to read it, go ahead. But like, because most of the stuff I was talking about was how bad Rome were and how great you know. Because I made the point that uh, it's like it's it's like a new season now for you guys because last season you know happy you were in the title race until the restart and c- collapse down the stretch oh, yeah. um and this season you, you you don't really get back into the same ways and you're you're dropping points to teams you shouldn't be and immobile even though it's been good hasn't been hitting at the same energy level i feel so it was just like winning that game like that's the turning point of the whole season and then secondly luis alberto was absolutely phenomenal I mean, I picked three performers from from Europe this season. He was one of them, and he was. I don't. The second goal was outstanding. The first goal was was again. I think we should have just cleared the ball out because that was a very easy thing. So I don't even give Lazari that much credit for oh, the assist. No, I agree, yeah, but for sure. It, because he slid, and then Bonnie just stops. Yeah. 
and then he, he 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 can literally make a move. He can get into Lazari's space and try to get the ball out. But instead, he just sits there, and then Lazari just basically passes it to Alberto, and he finishes it. But it's just like, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can hop in here if you want. I'm sorry, we're just yeah, kind of going off script a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just letting you guys like clear the air and whatever. When I was on Hip Hop's podcast, I said that Dortmund was going to beat Lazio twice. <laughs> and, <laughs> when, when they beat Dortmund, I messaged him. It's, he was like, a great sport. We're cool. He's so, a like, sport about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah sure. like, eh, eh. right. If you're my mate, even if you support a team I don't like, I will wish you congratulations. Yeah, sure. Even the, you know, even if I don't want to, <laughs> that sort of thing. So it's, so, it's all good. It's, like again, if I'm talking to a Lazio friend from Italy, this uh, this conversation will get very heated very quickly. <laughs> but you know, I, I just I put kind of put Lazio fans in Italy and Lazio fans from the U.S. or U.S. slash Canada in different categories because a lot of the reason that Roma's Roma fans don't like Lazio fans are some of some of the examples that you see in, in, in Italy, Italy, where we don't have really an issue with ones from Canada or, or other places. Um, before we continue, I'm, I, I'm just curious about this. What, what made you a Lazio fan to begin with? Was it like a family member or was it just because of the logo? I'm just curious. You take my question. <laughs> uh, it's funny. So I was, I'm, um, I was born outside of Rome, a little town named Ferentino. So, I mean, right there, as in, like, you know, the outsiders of Rome, uh, it's a given. My non was a diehard Lazio fan. Uh, my uncles are Lazio fans as well. Um, it's funny. Some of my cousins are Roma fans, though. So, when we get together and watch the games or, or before we used to watch the games, we, like, plates just go flying. And meatballs just go flying. Just angry, angry. <laughs> just angry stuff just to, like, happen. So, um, that's kind of why. Um I was like, it was funny because like I was, my uh, cousins were trying to convert me to Roma when I was younger, and it, it just never happened. And I just fell in love with the club. I don't know, just something about it and um, being different about the whole Roma scenario. It's like Roma, the capital, but it's like, hey, what about us? You know what I mean? So I kind of like that that different energy that they bring to the to the table and stuff like that. So yeah, I, like but that. I, I gotta say though, Totti, my favorite player, even though he's on the other side, he's the king of Rome. Really? Seriously? Seriously? Like I made up. I I cried. I cried my face off. It was actually at a a confer- long story short at a confirmation. Um, we weren't paying attention to the priest at all. We were on our phones and we were dying crying <laughs> while he's delivering the speech. Uh, Totti retiring and uh, I, yeah, he's he's my, I mean, hard-headed. Whatever. He's my favorite player. So uh, that's, that's awesome. The- now there, there are a few Lazio players that I've I've kind of yeah. felt that way about. I just don't like last year. W- there was a big sort of thing between Ronaldo and Immobile about the penalty yeah. situation. And even though I'm a Roma fan, I defended him practically every week, saying, "Okay, yes, the penalties are the penalties, but they don't mean the same thing." Because last season, Kieran Immobile was doing more than just scoring mm-hmm. from the spot. He wouldn't have bad games and score a penalty, where Ronaldo would have, you know, not the, the best up to standards and score a penalty. So I've I've defended him. I'm a big fan of uh, Luis Alberto um, and Malinkovic Savage, even though he kind of can go he can go in yep. and out of games. And also Lazari, even though he's he's a, you can expose mm-hmm. him, but I think he's one of those defenders that uh, fans outside of Italy don't realize oh, how so good he is. It's crazy. Where I mean, it's like. 
if he was playing for an English team, he'd, his transfer value would be like worth 50 million, where it's probably closer yeah. to 30. Um, anyway, so, so, um, J- just for the hell of it, I'll tell you how I became a Roman fan. Just not just asking. Then, Daniel, I'll, I'll let you uh, take back over if you want. Um, so the interesting thing about my story is the Roma is the first team I ever knew that oh, existed. Wow. So when I when I was a kid, so I was I was a big football guy. Uh, my first the first uh, football moment of my life was watching Zidane in the '98 World Cup. So I didn't know after that tournament. I'm like, okay, I need to get a team. Yada yada, whatever. Right. So my dad brought me back a cup from Italy with the Roma logo on it. And I had no idea about Roma, Lazio, Juventus, anything. So basically, just from that point, I learned about the the culture in the city and then the loyalty of Toti and all that stuff. And then one thing led to another. Lazio won the title the first year that I was a fan. But but the funny thing is, I didn't even – the hatred hadn't even (laughs) intensified yet because I didn't understand it until um, I watched a game where, uh, hey, there was a Hitler salute being instigated. And, like, Econo, yeah. and then people went, and then I'm like, okay, I get this now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, no, but uh, yeah, it, it, even it's even deep like that because um, uh, Anzagi, the, the Anzagi you have isn't the one who played for Ace Milan, right? It's the other one, right? People, people, people. Uh, I have that right? And then Simone Palacio, yeah. Okay, yeah. So pe- uh, people, the Milan uh, Anzagi, this is one of the reasons. I, I love what he's doing with Benevento. I think they've been fantastic this season. But he's one of, like, I don't, like, hate him, but I think he's one of the most selfish players ever. And I know I'm kind of going off the rails here. But the reason is um, I, I read a book uh, that was called um, – uh, it was about all – it was like a, a, a football book that's a, that was about all the different leagues and different things that happened and stuff like that. It was really interesting. And during that book and by seeing it, there were so many times in that season when he was a Juventus where he would he would try to score by himself instead of passing yeah. to Del Piero. And they make the argument in the book that the only reason that Lazio won the title that year was because dude wouldn't pass. <laughs> um, so that's another reason yeah. that, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny you, you bring up people because um, Fergie, like Alex Ferg, he hates people in Zaghi. Like he used to rip them apart back in the day. He's like, oh, that guy, he's like, he might as well be born on the offside line. The guy's always offside, and he, like he looks like he has no teeth when he celebrates. Like Inzaghi's an overrated striker. So it's funny that a lot of people have that. that some people love him, other people hate him. Kind of uh, deal going on with uh, Inzaghi. Yeah, yeah. For sure. it's I've never gotten through it. The only player I've ever hated is um, a, a Jap Stamp and uh, Decanio from uh, Lazio. I think Jap Stamp played for Lazio that. too. Those are the only two guys. Because if you're not a Lazio fan and you watch him play, like some of the stuff he did was just oh, yeah. egregious. There was one time he grabbed mm-hmm. someone, but you know what I mean? So so those are like the two I've ever – but like week in and week out and just in regular football, I don't really dislike anybody. I can say a certain players overrated or you're not seeing this part of the game, mm-hmm. of his game, or one thing or another. But I, I, I never get to the point where like I hate it. I hate Lazio, <laughs> but I don't I hate, hate their players. By the way, you know I hate Lazio, but it's, yeah, it's no like worries. that though like it's and it's yeah. you'd have it both ways Lazio fans have to hate Roma it's, it's, it's the right. way it goes there's not there's not like right it's like it's not like Roma Napoli you can hate Napoli and you can not hate and you can be okay with Napoli because it's not yeah. as heated even though it's a derby same with I would guess like Juventus AC Milan even though they're not fans of each other 
like it's it's not like it's not like pinned down as I have to hate yeah. that club. You know what I mean? I, I just want to say, it. Danielle, Danielle. Uh, feel free to take over. <laughs> well, so you. Of course, you obviously don't know how I got into football and like what my story is. So I'm going to give you a little background with my football. All right, we'll do that. Then you just start asking us specific questions about the derby, and then we can go oh, on to the rest of the game. Yeah, I got you. Um, my story is I have. While well, you guys have been watching football for like over 15 years apiece, I've only I've only been into the sport for five years. Well, going on six years this year. Um. Back in 2016, me and Elliot had met through a random friend of ours, and we started off just as acquaintances, and then we our friendship would eventually build. And at the time, we all know I'm, I was a huge fan of American football. Um, so at the time, he wanted to take on a sports apprentice who would he would nurture into the sports and. He would also teach me how to make NFL picks, which I haven't done in a long time, obviously. But then a fast forward, like a couple months into our into that, he was watching a post-match um, interview with former Aston Villa striker Christian Benteke. Um, he had given credit to God for being, giving him the gift to play the sport of football and use it for God's purpose and glory. And so one day he posted... If my apprentice, Danielle, liked this sport, she would like this player because he's a follower of Christ and it's something that they both share. And so I'm like, okay, Simi has a lot to like learn and grow. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see if I can get into this sport and you and behold, I did. And at the time, I only supported Aston Villa, but then, of course, I would learn about various other leagues such as La Liga, Syria. Bundesliga, uh, the French League, League One, and just and I found a home in Italy. I knew there was a team that for me there because I felt it. And eventually, I would support Inter Milan and Aston Villa simultaneously. But at the time, the, Inter and Villa played on the same day, and they had both lost. And for some odd reason, I was so much more angry <laughs> at the end. It was expected of them to lose and they were, because they were struggling, but it was something about that intermatch that pissed me off. And he says, you might want not, not want to accept this, but I think your love for Inter is way more than Villa. And then after, unfortunately, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's like I'm sure obviously for you I'm, I'm guessing Roma's the team you dislike the most out, outside or probably but like my number two I I don't like well because Toti really didn't like Inter I'm like I'm the same way so like outside of uh, Lazio the team I dislike the next worst is is Inter even even more wow. than Juventus as crazy as that sounds wow. oh yeah, and- I mean, I don't like. I'm not a fan of Juventus either. But you know, if 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 one if only one can win the league, I would rather Juventus in any year, not this year, because I think we need a new champion. Well, yeah, obviously. But then after Elliot showed me a bunch of Inter Milan videos with their history and everything, I just fell in love. And ever since then, Inter have been my boys. And without God in football and in metal music, I'd be lost because 
those things are what make me me in this family, at least in my family. Um, so yeah, indeed. Oh, uh, if uh, besides hating AC Milan, I actually hate Lazio. <laughs> yeah, but not because of you, because of your Italian fans. Yeah, I can't stand it. It's 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 funny because it's like wow, I've just been like. Well, it's okay. I get cornered on my other podcast with Catch uh, Catch the Tears. The two guys are UV fans, and no, I'm like, it, they're, they're, you know, yeah. The, the funny part is on our show, Danielle's usually cornered because uh, Ryan, who's uh, sorry, I'm on another show. Yeah, oh. Ryan uh, is an Arsenal fan, but he has a um, oh. affinity for AC Milan, and. Of the two Milan teams, I prefer AC, and I'm actually kind of happy they're doing well. I've always had some sort of respect for them because uh, just some of the teams that had and all that stuff. So a lot of the time, she's in this situation. So that's why she's she's you know in the glory of it right now. Oh yeah, about that time because normally uh, every especially if introduced terrible, I'm sitting here getting the brunt of the jokes, and I'm sitting here like what? The? <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, oh wait. No, <laughs> well, but yeah, relate to that because Joseph uh, and um, uh, I forgot his other name. That's embarrassing. Yeah, Francesco. Those two always, uh, or especially Francesco, to be honest. Some of the stuff he says, not only on your show but on uh, uh, Six Side Couch Show, when he's uh, the other week he said Inter are out of the title oh, race before dude. the ball is kicked. Last laughing. night's episode <laughs> that we did on Catch Your Tears, Francesco went off. I saw Vane. Pop, yeah. The thing is going to pop out of my screen on my phone. This kid went off. He went from a body. Like, he lost it on Juventus. So, I'm going to be posting that this week sometime. You got, oh, you guys are going to enjoy it for sure. Yeah, for I'll sure. Definitely. Anyway, Danielle, uh, you can take over. <laughs> Sorry about oh, that. Oh, yeah, no worries. But it's just like one of those scenarios, like, Finally, I'm not in the in the in the corner for a change. This is nice. <laughs> so, as everybody knows, there were two derbies that happened this weekend. Um, one, the main one that we're going to be talking about is the Derby della Capitale. I think I pronounced that correctly. And that yeah. And so, first of all, I want to get your guys' thoughts. So. We're going to start off with our guest, Fernando. Why don't you start us off with, like, your thoughts on how Lazio did and what you think you guys could have done to, like, improve? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, like I said before, I was really nervous coming into the game just because of uh, Lazio's kind of uh, dicey kind of form. Yeah, they beat Fiorentina and Parma. I get that. But it, those are really teams that I'm really convinced that Lazio are going to, you know, improve. So we got the, the two wins coming into this one. So we're just like, oh, geez, you know, these are our arrivals. They're looking pretty good. And, you know, if we lose, then, like, we're toast. Despite Inzaghi signing the contract extension, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just felt like he was going to get in, in big shit. Even though... Yeah, because if you game, if you had lost the game and been over, like, Champions League, I, I think it's toast yeah. if you don't win that game. You know what I mean? So it was like... I felt yeah, there was a desperation no, sure. about it, yeah. too. Um, this, this is a game that is, is a must-win for sure. So, um, looking at the, the formation, I was literally doing backflips off my couch, seeing, you know, Patrick being gone. Uh, like I said, he's not a center-back, he's a full-back, and, and Zaghi looks like 3-5-2 for a long while. 
So very glad that he put Radu there. Um, I was nervous about Radu just because he has he's not a usual starter anymore. So and I don't know how he's going to be in this game because he is he kind of freaks out from time to time. But he kept his cool and even though he collected a, a fat yellow, it's, it's what, it is what it is, right? Um, Immobile always on on form, doing really good. But I, I got to give the praise <coughs> of the match to. Uh, so my God, this guy just. The two goals inside of the box, just like, you know, skipper rocks uh, in a, like a river. Just so clean, so crisp, into the net. Um, he was he, he was more focused in the game. He wasn't doing these, you know, back passes or flips or anything like that. He was just more country in the game, and and we got that win. So I was very happy. Um, any changes I would make? Not really. I Obviously, I wasn't really happy of the amount of cards we collected. Uh, nine cards in total between the two teams, but on our side, like, you know, these are important players. We should be picking up these these foolish kind of. I get it. It's the derby. I, I get it. But I was really nervous when these guys were getting the yellows. It was okay. One more, you guys are out. We don't need this, right? So overall, ten out of ten game. I was really happy for sure. I mean, hold on, real quick, Daniel. Um, I heard. Let me how do I for this? How phrase this? How important do you think Alberto is to your team this season? In comparison, because I know you, you have a good team with Immobile and others, but sometimes it feels like he's kind of the catalyst that puts everything together. Do you would you say he's even more important than Immobile, or would you put him in the same class as far as far as importance with with Lazio this season? Uh, yeah, no, I I think he's uh. uh and right now, I think he puzzles uh, the pieces of the puzzle. Sorry, uh, because Savage, I don't know, something's going going on. It's kind of in and out. Like uh, he's not the Savage that we once knew. That many nights yeah. after, like two, right, two years ago, he was like worth a hundred million two years ago, and now he's like it's not. Yeah, you wouldn't even like, get an offer anywhere near that now. In the sense of like you know Savage being a couple years, like you know, because Lazio is a type of team that can pick up these these pieces of trash and garbage and, and make them into, you know, gold. You know what I mean? They, they've, they've done it with Alberto. They've done it with other players as well. They've developed Lucas out of nowhere, even though he's older and came from Liverpool. He was, like, okay at Liverpool, but I, I see him now. Lazio, it's like, where who is this guy? Who is this, you know? So I, I think he's really important. Of course, Immobile is a goal scorer. He scores the goals. I'm just going to give a slight edge to Luis Alberto just because he set he sets it up. He's, he's the magic man. He sets everything up. Right, because absolutely. And one thing to say about that is is being the best player and being the most valuable player mean not always the same thing because I think there's no doubt that Immobile is your best player. But if you if you see Alberto without in, outside that midfield, they're not the same team. So – and again, that's not a slight on Immobile because he's obviously yeah, your best player, but not necessarily mean your most valuable player. And I think that's that's kind of the case with a lot of different teams. So anyway, I was just curious about that. Danny, you're gonna ask something. Um, I was just actually gonna say, um, some of my favorite Lazio players, however, are Immobile, world class. Um, then you also have Savage. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I want Savage and Inter so bad. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. And then, of course, one of my favorite defenders is Radu on lean home, man. I mean, as you just said, he has his hit and miss performances. But overall, he's a great defender. Um, let's see. 
I'm trying to think. What do you think Lazio need to do going forward, like to continue this momentum? I, um, to keep everything uh, a little more tighter, uh, obviously in the back. If, if, like I said, Inzaghi looks like he's going to keep this three-five-two. It is what it is. It's not my favorite kind of formation. Um, if he kind of keeps Radu there, that's great. Get rid of Pathetic for a while. Uh, if you're going up the formation, um, I, I just the only thing I am concerned is Lucas. We're toast. You know, we don't really have that depth in that center. Even if, if we put Savage there, okay, that's cool. But again, we're going to be lot, we don't have a lot of depth in our team. Uh, it's just the way it's been. So I know. Uh, yeah, agreed. Elliot, we think that you know at this point that we don't have a lot of depth, and and it's. No, yeah. Personally, that's your biggest weakness. Where I think you're starting, you're starting eleven ain't bad. I would say on paper you're probably no. you're still probably not the best team in Italy, but you certainly have one of them. When you when you have Alberto and Savage in your midfield and Immobile up top, that Lazari and um, and you're decent like in your starting eleven. Yeah. My concern is when you go to the bench. <laughs> It's just a little inconsistent. Uh, the dude sucks. that they brought from Turkey, McCary, I've I've seen him a couple of times. He hasn't yeah. played a lot of games, but he's looked horrible when he has. Um, and then I think I think that was a big mistake in the Milan game. Yeah. And I I ripped Inzaghi after this because he had he had taken out uh, Immobile and Alberto with the game was in balance, and then Theo does his thing in the end. To I mean that was a big like the the, the entire your entire season could come back to that decision. And then you just you got the one from Man United who, you know, for twenty seven million for a guy who hadn't scored that many goals for United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's looked decent sometimes, but like the depth needs to be the big issue. Like where you know there's there are other teams around that that need more depth because I feel like for us our starting eleven ain't bad, but we don't have that depth we can bring off the bench, which is kind of the same issue. But then there's other teams with kind of a weaker lineup but has good depth pieces to bring on. So I think for you guys, the depth is, is something that ultimately, I, no. to be honest, I don't think you make the champions this, this year. Um, and I think the big reason is, is because of lack of depth, unless you're, you're able to get Papu Gomez, which I don't think is happening. Um, yeah. And I think so, if, yeah, I would agree with that. Gomez thing, I've, I've been hearing, I don't know if you guys heard or agree with me. Atlanta don't want to sell to any uh, Italian teams or rivals, but Saudi Arabia, like Wanam, he doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. I said it before. I think he'd be good in La Liga, even though he's 32. I kind of see him fit into Sevilla system. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I would like Papu Gomez, of course. Uh, but I know that's that anybody like I don't care yeah, how, so would he I. Is, how small he is. I, I take him in a heartbeat. So um, the one thing, the biggest mistake that Lazio did, huge. And a lot of people think about this. They got rid of two. I think they were good center back, not great center backs, but good center backs, just to kind of fill in the shoes and the holes. There were uh, Wallace and Bastos. I don't know why they got rid of them. Okay, playing time was one of the issues. I I get that, but they were yeah. crucial with the depth in the back. I I mean, I would easily. Well, that hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> well, I updated my app. Did you update yours? Yeah, I did. Maybe that's why it happened. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. It's been a long time since that's happened. 
Over Sorry, about, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, if, no worries. That, if that happens again, we'll just do what we just did. So anyway, continue okay. what you're saying. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, like I said, two players was, was a massive blow for us. And Zagi at the time probably didn't really look at that and be like, ah, whatever. We've been getting rid of a lot of defensive players. Like, it's, it's not funny. Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, I would have put Bastos instead of Radu if, if I could just because he's more of that – He's got that more of that physicality. He kind of keeps his cool more than Radu. But again, I'm happy with Radu starting. Uh, but ultimately, we need to, going forward, we just need to keep on, you know, these faint, anything like that, and just kind of take each game at a time. And that's all. And just kind of score the goals, keep a nice defensive. And that's it. Work with what we got, unfortunately. Because I know in this transfer window, we're not going to do anything major or big. Yeah, we aren't so, either. <laughs> yeah, I, it's nothing. It's nothing. Ooh, ah, right. I I know our last one episode was. Uh, I wanted two players. Did a quick wish list. So I wanted a uh, from Leon. That would be a nice kind of CDM. Uh, yeah. Kind of in the expensive, line of, in, in, but... expensive. Yes, right. But I mean, look, and and stuff like that. And then I also wanted uh, Maxim. Uh, for the kind of the back line there, he's he's tall, he's strong. Uh, you get more playing time for Lazio, I think. Um, and I know Liverpool and other kind of European teams are after him. So for a bench player at Napoli, I would kind of kind of go for him. So um, again, just take uh, game by game and work with what we got, and just kind of stay focused and not get distracted. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro, but. Uh, now go. I'm. Let's just go. Let's just go. Okay. Now it's your turn. All right. <laughs> it's been a couple of days, and I'm more angry about what happened today than than Friday at this point. <laughs> so the pressure's off a little. Um, no, it, it was interesting because when I had saw the lineup, the three five two, it, it it struck me as negative, which made me think that Lazio maybe they wouldn't park the bus. But they would they would play very defensive and push push forward with a Mobley and and Alberto behind them, and um, so when I saw that I was actually I was actually pleased with it and I the, the Lazio's lineup looked strong and I thought we played exactly the lineup we should have so I don't think you can totally put the performance down to the lineup because the lineup was strong enough, um, but again it was it was just a disaster from the beginning. Lopez was brilliant. I thought VR did some nice things. Jekyll was horrific. Um, Mkhitaryan did some some nice things too, but I mean, top to bottom was horrible defensively. Abanez was awful, and Abanez has never been has not been awful in this season until that game, and it's the worst possible moment to have a, your worst game of the season. And I know a lot of people are going after him after that performance, but again, he's been one of the best center halves in in the league this season. That was a bad moment in a bad game in a huge game and another. You know, big game dropped, and my issue was we just, for whatever reason, with Fonseca, we, we fall short in these big games. In in the games in which we played a team in the top six, we've gotten four of a possible 21 points. One of those was against Milan, and one of those was, was against Juventus. Still ain't good enough. Um, I thought the approach was bad. I thought Fonseca didn't make the adjustments. And I'm starting to lose patience because in the past, when we went through these issues, um, we – Waited too long to make the decision to sack somebody, and that was the year with when Ranieri came in for Di Francesco, and 
I think we got like six that season, which was very fortunate considering how bad we were at the time. And uh, today is just another example of, and I think he's still a decent manager and can do some nice things, but I think we may have to start considering making a move, especially because we're in the top four right now and we need, we need to try to make the Champions League if possible. I still think we probably will. But the, what, what has happened over the last week is, is the worst thing that possibly could happen because all the momentum and confidence that we had has, has evaporated. And it's, clear, it's, so many, it's so clear what the issues are with this team. But, again, Lopez, the only net positive thing that can even come from this game is the, the Lopez playing well because it was the whole thing about we need to buy a goalkeeper. Now, even if he, he has some spotty performances in the coming, I know that he's, he's good enough to, to play for this club and he's, he is worthy of Roman's number one, and I'm completely comfortable with him there. But outside of that, it was bad. It started bad. Mobley, defensive mistakes, let Immobile, um basically get a one-on-one and can't do nothing about that. Then the, the – the second goal was even worse because you slid the, the slide that he should have got up and, and tried to get the ball out. Then Alberto gets another one. <clears throat> and then other than maybe one or two chances in the first half, we didn't do anything. And then second half, Alberto strikes again. And it's like, but to me, the game was won in the midfield. And Alberto uh, and VR have, have had good seasons. But it's just hard to overcome when you have – I wouldn't say world-class, but pl- players that are borderline world-class on Lazio when Roma don't have that, especially in the midfield with Alberto, who's probably borderline world-class, and Savage, you can make an argument. Mm-hmm. Those two are world are close to world-class, at least. And Roma can, can't reply with a similar – because I think if you look at the team, if Pellegrini can be a little bit more consistent on a regular basis, I would say he's in that ilk. But that's probably the only one. Uh, Vertu is a nice piece. VR is a nice young player as well. The back line, we might have one or two pieces, but I think the biggest difference between how Roma played and Lazio played in the game is you have a no doubt world class player with Immobile, and then you have two players that are on the borderline, and we don't we don't have that. So when we're playing badly and we get behind, it sort of it kind of collapses on itself because we don't have that one player, especially in the starting lineup, or that we can bring off the bench. If we even had like an Al Sharawi on the bench or something, that would have helped us a little bit. But I, I thought it was just a bad performance, and it's it's. I see a changing of the guard a little bit. It used to be as a Roma fan going to these derbies, I used to not even be nervous because there was I think there was four years in a row we never lost one. We maybe we dropped some points, but we we weren't beaten in a. It was a couple years span. So it was just like you you wake up, you go to the Derby, Roma score four, Lazio score one, and then you move on. Um, because a few years ago, three, four years ago, we would we would handle this game pretty easily. And then um, the year that Roma had the record-breaking season, Lazio started getting better. We split with them. You guys went to the Coppa Italia final. I think you guys lost, but I don't remember um, in the final. Um, and then now it's it's more even. And over the last couple, Lazio have the upper hand, as, as hard as that is to admit for me. Um, it's just we have an issue with these big games. And um, I think the, the game on Friday was an example of that. And again, but again, I think it all comes down to the world-class players or borderline world-class players that Lazio have that Roma don't. Because if Roma have a world-class midfield in that game, we get it back into that game. I'm not saying we win it, but we would have an opportunity to, to go back and make it interesting where in the second half, um, 
it, it, you kind of like took the foot off the gas a little bit, but then got that third goal, and it was it was pretty much toast from that point. Uh, just, I'm just, I'm just curious, what would be that that start midfield that you would want? And like, obviously, you're gonna be a little more realistic, but like, who would you be like your ideal midfielder if you were to kind of just pop one in there? Um, right now, I, I like DePaul. I know that sounds a little far fetched. No, no, hey, but DePaul's good. Like, I know. They were kind of after him for that, and we kind of spoke about it here and there, but DePaul would have been amazing. Yeah, DePaul is, is the best uh, one that I really like, but if if I could sign anybody, I want Castrovilli from Florentina. It's so crazy. Everyone um, wants this kid. Oh, it's so yeah, it's nuts. Me, yeah, the thing is, me and Daniel talk about this all the time. Fiorentina are the most overhyped team in Italian oh, football because yeah. every season they're, to- they're telling us, telling us repeatedly, Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna push for Europe every year, and then they finish in like 14th. Yep. But the thing is, that team has so many talented yep. players. I would take him and Vladovic as 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 potential signings. Um, so those that's a big issue. I, I would like some more depth. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what that is or who that is. I'm still hoping that maybe because we had talked to Papu's agents recently, that maybe they would do something um, with Roma just because we have we've had a good relationship with uh, Cristante and a few others that we made deals in the past. Yeah, so maybe they'd be willing to part ways to us because we have previous uh, engagement with them where other clubs in Italy, the ones that are after him, haven't had a, that kind of relationship with Alanta. So maybe that happens. I would, I would guess no. Yeah. I would guess he sits on the, the rest of the season and then moves at the end of the season somewhere else. But uh, – and, I, again, I don't think that happens. I like the piece we have in the midfield, but we need, we need like, an animal, like DePaul or, you know – Castrovilli or even 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 something um, you know just something else than what we have and I, I don't want to like overstep of what we should get but again in that game that made the big difference you had Alberto we did yep. and that was it if we had a world if we had DePaul or somebody in that game we still lose but we don't lose the way we did. We would have come back and made it interesting, I think. Just because you started so quickly, it would have been hard to make it up over the 90 minutes. But um, that, um, that that situation is just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. If the, like, that would have been a, a, a massacre of goals for sure for that, that game. That would have been crazy if the ball was in that Roma lineup. It would have been, it would have been nuts. I would – Enjoy that a lot if he was there for sure. Danielle, have any have any more questions? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, why do you guys think you struggle in some of those bigger games where in other matches you seem to have a little bit more clarity of what's going on? I think an important thing to mention here is Roma are winning all the games they never would win. We would have dropped a Fiorentina game, a, a a game to Torino, a game to one of these, um, you know, lesser teams. So it's good that we're with Fonseca, we're doing that. And this may not be Fonseca's fault because you see progression with a lot of the players he's brought in. He VR signed from the second division in Italy, or not in Italy, in Spain. He came into the Roman team and became so much better. We got a Banyas from Atlanta. He became better so a lot of these players he's brought in he's progressed them in a different way and even though the Jekko uh, relationship is a little icy the, when Fonseca came in his his production last year he had I think 19 goals and 11 assists or something like that and that's that's way up from last year but 
it's just I don't think we have the manner to win the big games. If we have a Legory, we win, I would say, 50% of those games. Maybe not all of them because our team isn't stronger than a lot of these other ones. If we even we, if we even have someone a little bit better than Fonseca, even like a Sorry, I think Sorry would have got us to um, a couple more victories um, in these games. And again, if if we win all the rest of the games but lose all the big ones, it's still not going to matter because we're we're going to miss out on Champions League because of that. And again, it's good that we're, we're winning these other games, but those are the games we're supposed to win. And then we go, but when we come up with a big team, we fall short. We've got points against Milan, we got points against Tassuolo, and we got points against Juventus. But we got annihilated by Atlanta in 25 minutes. Napoli, I don't, I don't even blame Roma for the Napoli one because Maradona had just passed away, and we were the first opponent. They were always going to win that game. Maradona was like putting some magic mm-hmm. dust yeah, on the field. Sure. Not that uh-huh. kind of magic dust, though. No, not not the one he's accustomed to, but like Harry Potter yeah, exactly. spells or whatever. And even in that, I know it's I'm not bitter anymore. But that first goal in the build was offsides, and if Mkhitaryan is is his um, breakaway was called onside, Roma probably break even. They probably still lose because of what happened. But I think the score of that game was deflated. And then Alonso, we start great. We go up 1-0 after two minutes or whatever it is. And then in the second half, they just have an avalanche and we concede four goals. And again, I think that's kind of on Morante. Morante cannot be starting these games anymore, um, at least the big ones, because Lopez has been significantly better. And again, it could have been really bad if he played that game because – I think Lopez kept out at least another two, three goals. We could have lost five nil. And, you know, if that happened, I would have gone into my cave to be honest, just because that was humiliating. It was humiliating based on the performance, but not based on result because three nil is a bad result, but it's, you know, unless you watched the game, you didn't know it was catastrophic. So I think you need, as much as I like Fonseca, I don't think they should give him the benefit of the doubt because in the past, Roma have waited too long to make a change and we don't have time to waste. We're still in the Champions League. We need to keep us there because Napoli and Juventus uh, have a game in hand and so does Atlanta. If they w- if any of those three teams win, we're going to be booted out and we're going to have to crawl our way back. So we need to make a decision on this soon. So if this weekend we against Aspetia if we don't perform well or we, we drop a point or something like that, I think he's on real thin ice right now because we don't have time to mess around. And I, we're a little bit higher than the table mm-hmm. than you guys are. But it's just like at this point, considering how we started, like your situation was a little because you started kind of slow. We yep. started hot. And then we, we lost all these big games, but you're winning all your big games or at least getting something from that. So because of that, you have to be really make the decision at the right time. You can't wait too long with Fonseca. And I like Fonseca and if he gets sacked. It won't entirely be on him. He's done a reasonably good job since being at Roma. But, you know, the, the more big games you lose, the more difficult it's going to be to justify keeping him around. And I, I think I agree with you 100%. I think, but in our, in our situation, I think the, the fact that with the small games, and I get so mad at Inzag, just uh, the whole team, because it's like you guys drop these points, and it's like, yeah, you have the opposite problem. We come in too too cocky. We come in to go, we got this, we got, and then we get blown away from these like small little guys. It's like, what's going on? And that whole like Milan thing, that was like a FIFA move. That's something you do in FIFA. 
Oh, I'm going to take out uh, yeah. Immobile. I, you know, this guy won't tie or whatever, or the computer won't tie or, or beat me, whatever. And then look what happened. Theo like was like a, like Hulk and he just blasted through everybody. And, and that's what happened. So, and Zabi yeah. needs to stop with this whole like, okay, <laughs> we're done. You know, game's done. We, we tied. We tied. Yeah. Or uh, whatever. It's, it's over. Right. And Milan probably, probably the better team in that game yeah. through the 90 yeah. minutes. But still, if you keep them on the pitch, I don't think they, I don't think that happens in the same way. You probably yeah. get a point. And that would have been a great point because you were down 2 0 very that early and got it back. Game. And I was kind of wanting to, you guys to get back into it just because it was, it looked like it was going to be a bad game. Um, but I mean, it, it just seems like stuff like that can define seasons. I remember the year Roma got second to Juventus. Uh, we should have won the title that year. I think it was the year they went to the Champions League final the second, first was time. Was it 2010 um, when Tony was there? Because no, 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 no. It was it was 16, 17. It was the year Jacko had 39 goals, oh, and that was totally. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. So that season we dropped to Empoli, and then we dropped to to then we lost the Juventus game, and we lost the the season. We we lost the that that year by four points. If we beat if we beat Empoli, that's three. If we get a point against Juventus, yeah. you know what I mean? Because if you look at okay, Roma were better, the best team in the league from start to finish, in my opinion. But again, Juve in these 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 really important games where we lost them, and that's how we lost the title. So a lot of this stuff happens with you in Champions League, and I think you're back in it. I don't think you'll get no. it, um, but I think. Um, you might be in it if certain things go your way. I think after the round of 16, you guys will focus because – I'm sorry, I just – I can only see that going oh, one yeah. way. Oh, I agree with you. But, like, I'm not going to – yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but so with, with all that being said, I think you can get back into it. But, again, that game to Milan – and we see this – we don't see this in American sports. In European football, an entire season can, can come down to one particular game. And that's what I fear for Lazio. And then obviously with Roma losing all these big games, like if we win half of those games, we're atop the league. So it's just really uh, antagonizing. But no, I totally understand that from your perspective, given that you lost to Sampdoria, then you, you drew to Genoa, who at the time were looked like the worst team in the league. And in fairness, Inter also lost to Sampdoria. But at the same, you know what I mean? Though, but like uh, other teams have struggled against them. We had to wait until like the 70th minute to beat them. So that's a good team, but still, you got to be doing better when you have a Mobley, Alberto, and Savage. You can't be losing, you know, to these lesser teams where you're performing against yeah, the bigger teams. Yeah, no, for sure. And it was funny with that Inter game, uh, Inter Sampdoria game. There are two formal players, like you know what I mean. It was just kind of like what. So, and it's 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 crazy how you say that, like you know, these games are important. They can change the whole, even for smaller teams. Look at Crotone when they're about to get relegated. They had to beat Lazio. And then beat Empoli to stay up. And what they do, they beat Lazio three one, and they beat Empoli. Oh, I know, I think they tied with Empoli if they get that point, but they stayed up. So yeah, that, that was, was crazy. That was nuts. They they started that year with like losing the first nine out of the, the yeah. first ten games. I are mentally I relegated them, but then doing that, you it's just it's it's never easy against these smaller teams because they always have something yeah, to fight for. Yeah. Well, when we play promotion teams, I don't worry because our record in the last five years is 23 and 0. But, yeah. but when you look at the team like just outside of it, but can get dragged into it, it's never easy. And I feel like that's the problem with a lot of these big teams. Is but again, Crotone is bad. But so, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, most definitely. 
I agree with you there, hundred percent. All right, Daniel, you want to move on to a different game? Okay. Um, like I said, we're gonna pretty much stick with like um Roma, Lazio, and Inter and Juventus because that way it's a little bit more of a conversation for those main matches. Yeah. We can rush through the, the the rest of the games at the end. Just qu- quick um thoughts, but I think we should focus on yeah, the, the sure. main ones. Um. So, uh, you want to talk about what happened today, bro? <laughs> oh, this is weird. Wow. Wow. Uh, hey, hey, right, hey, hey. I kind of get justified for this because normally I'm the one, the brunt of the joke, so it's my turn, okay? Oh, okay. Go, like, wow. Yeah, go for it. Daniel, I'm breaking news. Because you said that AC Milan's going to win the league. Oh, bro. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I mean, I think it'll be close regardless. But um, no, it was bad. It wasn't bad. It was just certain circumstances. Again, we're down 2-0 to uh, Spicia. I don't think that counts against our newly promoted team thing because it wasn't in the league. So when I write my article, uh, my preview for the next game, I'm still sitting at Rome for 23 now. Uh, <laughs> technically, technically speaking, it's that record is only associated with league play. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, and that was, it was bad today. Uh, that was the one thing I really wanted to win because I know what kind of teams in the Europa League. And I, I, watch, I watch a lot of Bundesliga. There are some really good Bundesliga teams in that competition. I'm really looking at um, Bayer Leverkusen. Oh, yeah. They scared the pants off me. They have two. I think now that they're not really in the league title as much, are going to be a serious problem also. And then there's there's a lot of other good teams in that competition, like Benfica and others. So I think that's easily more complicated. And again, there, there might be better teams in that competition. And the Juventus is the interest, the Lazio is the world, are tough games. But in Italy, we play them a bunch. So we at least have some, you know, some feel about how you're going to approach a Copa Italia mashup. Um, so... Copa Italia is the thing I really wanted to win because not only would we have won it, we would have won it in Italy against, you know, the teams we see every week. Um, so it's just frustrating. Going down 2-0, penalty. I'm, I'm not sure it was. I understand why they made the call. Um, but that's that's just that's, – I don't know, whatever. But And then the second one, uh, you know, Lopez isn't doing anything about that strike. It's it just – it was a defensive mistake, a mistake that kind of sets everything up. But – I don't blame Lopez for not getting to it because it was really well hit. Um, and then we get a penalty in the first half. Pellegrini steps up, converts. I'm happy he did because um, he, he hasn't really taken that many penalties for Roma. And I don't really have – I'm not comfortable with anybody outside of Vertu taking them because Vertu never misses. And Pellegrini has only taken one penalty before this in the Copa Italia last year. Um so I'm glad we get it back and everything's good. And then because then we we're out playing. Then Morial missed a whole bunch of chances. Um, I'm glad that he started, but uh, I think he should have been taken off sooner. And as 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 much as we need a new striker, Jekyll has made his career in games like these, um, just in in cup games and in in Champions League games and stuff like that. I thought they should have brought him on sooner. And then maybe the, the things don't happen. We dominate. Mkhitaryan gets us back into the game. Then an extra time, we decide to do something extraordinarily stupid. Mancini gets sent off. I'm not sure that that was the right call there, but fair enough. Then Lopez gets sent off a minute later. 
and we have to, uh, to put in a goalkeeper that was rejected by a middle table team of Portugal. And then they score once and they score again. And, and then there's just, there's just rumors about that we would have lost anyways because we used too many subs or something. But I thought the rule was you get an extra um, sub in, in extra time or whatever. And we don't, I think we don't use uh, this one in a six. So we, so it, it uh, whatever. Uh, it was bad. It was embarrassing. Um, again, it's, it's not so much that we lost. And who we lost to, because we'll be seeing them in a couple of days. And I, I think that Roma will be so angry that that game will go the same way, but the reverse of score lines. Um, but it's the fact. It's just after last year we needed a performance, and we didn't. We didn't show up in the same way because we could have scored like five goals. And I'm happy for them, though. Spezia in, in the uh, what is the quarterfinals now? Good for them. But like, this is not what, what with Doctor Order yeah, for sure. I mean. <laughs> Look at this game too. I was like, yeah, look, you know, as bad as it sounds, I want Roma to win. Obviously, it's just I, I, I don't know what to say about the game. It's just kind of like it felt like it was an alternate universe. These balls going off the like field goals. Holy smokes, what's going on, guys? You know what I mean? So, I, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is, right? And you guys are like you said, you, you're gonna face them again, and obviously it's gonna be a, a different result. I feel just because of the different atmosphere and. Copitale versus Serie right? So I think that was yeah. one of the, the factors in there. Small factor, but it kind of made that difference, right? So for sure. Yeah. I, I also think that um, – and yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't mean to go on a tangent here. I don't like that we're – you, Roma, Inter, AC Milan, Juventus, just get to start playing at the round of 16. I think it's stupid. Honestly, I think we should be – because like the FA Cup, I think we all yeah. should, should be entered at a certain point. Maybe not round one or round two. But we shouldn't have to start at the round of 16. It's an awkward situation to go into when you're playing league games all the time and you're not dealing with cup games. And the fact that we're, we always start at the round of 16, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it kills some of the, the enjoyment and the vibe that we could have the, uh, with, with the Copa Italia because, you know, say what you want about English football, I slate it on a regular basis. But, like, the FA Cup is a manager competition and we could have a Copa Italia. And I think the teams would be more prepared. Because you look at Juventus against Genoa, it goes in extra time. They, yeah. I, I believe they, they win. Was it penalties or extra time? I remember. And then Inter play Fiorentina, a Serie A team, but a Serie A team that's so inconsistent that just got trounced by Napoli, and that it takes even Inter Milan, the deepest team in the whole league, into extra t- into extra time. And so, I just feel like. The way it's set up, it's it just underprepares some of these yeah, teams. No, but anyway, that's all I'm gonna I, say. Uh, about I agree with you 100 there, for sure. It should add more excitement to the to the cup as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I have a question about those red cards. Will that mean that those two specific players are out in the match against Spezia this upcoming weekend? Mm, no, I don't think it works like I, that. I'm not sure because. But it's technically an Italian domestic game, though. It's not like European ban and domestic ban. I had to check, but I'm not 100% sure. But I I hope it's not the case because Marante's still injured. So we'd have to have our third-choice goalkeeper in instead of Lopez. And I do not feel comfortable with that at all. I'll put put five defenders back back if that happens. So... I mean, <laughs> the thing is, if Watso had played his second game, he conceded twice in extra time, and 
he wasn't great in the Juventus game, although he didn't have much to do last year. But he was playing for a team that's not even in the top five in Italy, and they didn't they didn't want him anymore. They told him to come back because when when he when he came off the bench today, I didn't remember. <laughs> I forgot that he was still on the team. I Is didn't this know a who fan? It was. He was walking down the stairs. Um, no, no, <laughs> no. He's just. I didn't recognize. This. I was thinking. Maybe it's that like twenty year old that always sits on our bench. Maybe that's. But then I saw the back of his jersey and I got so confused. And then I looked up that he was recalled, by or not recalled, but he was uh, he was sent back to Roma, not by Roma, but by the team he was playing for. So, yeah, I really hope Lopez can play. I'm like, I'll volunteer to go in that if, if it takes that. But um, no, man, we can live without Mancini because yeah, I think sure. our defensive options are still pretty good, considering how even though we played bad. We have we have a good back three, and we have two guys who can start in pretty much any any Serie A team that doesn't have world class defenders in it. Um, so I, Lopez is just better play. Mancini is more easy to you can deal with that because you have Kambula, you have Abanis, you have Smalling, and again that's a, that's a back three. Then Cristante can play in the back three if it's necessary. So, uh, but again, it's to me it's more about Lopez that I think he should be able to play, but I'm not totally sure. But uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, because like I said, I don't know how I know European fans are different, but since it's a domestic league, I don't know if that like translates over to what we're seeing in league play and stuff. So, oh, God. <laughs> I'm no, trying to panic about not my fucking goalkeeper now. No, no, you know what it is though, and this is this is why. Um, Sometimes people are confused how how uh, uh, you know over the cuff I can speak. After like when Roma loses a game, I use that entire day or that that day off to get it out of my system to feel like crap to to throw stuff against the wall to do whatever. So when I when I when the next day follows, where I'm going to have to use more an analysis on what I saw yesterday, it's out of my system so I can speak. Again, so I can I can compliment <laughs> Luis Alberto as yeah. if he doesn't play for us. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So once once I get to the day, I'll I'll be able to handle the situation. But I it just it's just concerning because maybe Morante is healthy. I'm hoping, but it just if we have to play a third string goalkeeper, we'll still probably win. But it's just a bad yeah, situation walking to, especially now, not like you know somebody you know. So yeah, 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 for sure. So, so now it's time for the Derby della Italia. So you guys can ask me all the questions you want if you want. So, wait, what's so for, hold on? Just just tell us what you think of the game, and then based on your answers, we can we can pry our particular questions. Oh my gosh, I am actually over the moon that we won because it after what had happened against Roma the week prior. It was kind of nice to get back on track, especially against a Juventus team that we had had issues beating in the past. Like, last year we could have beaten them at one point, but we just let it slip. I think it was, like, the second um, installment of that one. And just re over the past few seasons, we've struggled against them. And so it's nice to say we could finally beat Juventus again. <laughs> um, I'm... We played beautifully. I mean, the goal from Barella was world top class. Um, oh, the amazing. pass by from Bastoni, though. Oh, oh my god! I know. 
I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm like, how, I was like, how the fuck do you do that? First of all, I'm like, I'm like, there's Sony. Is that you? Or he was out there. He was out there yeah. looking like Joshua Kimmich with his with his the service. I know. I'm like. <laughs> Bestoni, where'd you come from, dude? Literally, it's like you're on the back burner. What's going on? Did someone like put another brain inside no, you? He's I'm good. Not... He's good. He's he's yeah. been great all season. He's just had some. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember who scored the first goal. Uh, Vidal. Vidal. Oh my gosh, that header. I oh. love that. Against his former team as well. Against his you know, former, I know. He this is like he celebrate. He loved it every second of it. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, and then Conte beat Apillo, who he used to coach. Oh yeah, very. And Conte yeah, used very to coach Juventus, so there was a lot of storylines there. I mean, it was just very well done from start to finish with Inter. Um, I know that Ronaldo could have had he went up one zero early on in the first half, but unfortunately the ball was oh, offside. So he was horrible, and he was horrible the whole entire match. I'm like, where did he was he? You know, here's Paul. Don't me. Let me interject real quick. And this is the thing, right? So for some reason, people are on the 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 intention that I don't like Ronaldo just because I point out what's obvious. And when when certain like people try to say that because when he's great, I, I give him the props. But but when I say stuff like this is Ronaldo isn't uh, he's declining. It's clear that he is. He's no longer he's top 15 player. Maybe top ten, but he's not in the t- you know top five, top eight anymore. It's, it's stuff like this. He can ha- he has great performance. We have spurts of greatness, but then he'll have three, four games where he doesn't show up, and he's actually like really bad. And against Inter, and I didn't know this. But I, I found out recently that if he had scored that game, he would have broken some goal record. And he and he so I felt like he would be motivated to get that goal. Oh, I thought it was going to be a penalty because it's Juventus, but right. like at the same time, he's got to step up in those games. And and the, the, everyone who thought that he was better than DeBall last year, I mean, I disagree with that. But like, if you look at the game, I, I don't I don't believe DeBall even played, and he, he didn't get a lot of service. But it, you're Cristiano Ronaldo. You're one of the most fittest athletes on the planet. You you got to create a little of something, and outside of that that goal that was waved off, he didn't do he didn't do anything. Anyway, you can continue. Sorry, I just had to go on my little thing. Oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, so overall, it was just a really good feeling coming off of that win against Juventus. Like I'm sitting here, like yeah, if. I was just hoping that AC Milan would have lost, but unfortunately, AC Milan are also on fire this season. So, and they don't show signs of letting up. Of course, they'll come across losses along the way, probably against your bigger teams. But overall, they're also doing very well. Um, it's going to be a tight race throughout. I mean, if it had lost this match, however. Yeah. I it was over. If you were lost. yeah, Interver as you guys have been saying today, toast. Um, so so this was a much needed result, especially in regards to the Scudetto race going forward. So Daniel, are you are you ready to acknowledge that you're in the title race? Yes. Or do they have to win another fifty games before you even? Can- <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I am acknowledging it now. Yes, we are in the title race. <laughs> they were one point behind AC Milan, and she was, I was like, you know, I don't know. I need to see a couple more games. <laughs> but it's it's because I know my club, man. It's like I it's like certain matches I know they're gonna win, but when it comes to like the more t- against bigger opponents, it's that's what I really look for. No, but here's the difference. We're in what January now, right? You know how you talk about um, the November sk- or de- the December skid, right? You didn't have one. You drop one game to you. What you drop one game to Sampdoria, and then you you got you got kind of um, stolen points against Roma. But that's it. All the like the inconsistent stuff happened at the the first game of the season against. Um, Fiorentina, and I think there was maybe one other game in there, but you didn't you didn't fall or waver. So given the situation, and I, I'm not even bother asking about the January transfer window because I assume that practically no one is going to make any adjustments or changes, uh, just because it's hard to, to negotiate deals in such a short time. Um, what do you think you need to do to um, to take them down with you know one eye looking up where you're only I think three points separated? So. So you're right in there with them. What needs to happen for you guys to sort of, you know, push push that spot? Since, uh, yeah, like you just said, there's no one probably doing much of anything in the transfer window. Um, so with what we have now, I just say continue the momentum, take the momentum that we got from the match against Juventus and just run with it because if they start – taking their foot off the gas, that is when it's going to become a real issue. So hopefully if they're able to take like the momentum and run with it, I think they should be golden. Um, I would like to see a little bit more consistency in the midfield like we have seen recently. Um, but overall, so far, if they're able to maintain that momentum, sky's the limit. I got uh, I, I I gotta say about the the formation real quick. I I gotta say you got this makes sense for you guys. We look at the three five two. See, this is a three five two. You got Skinner, Divide, Bastoni. This is a solid three five two. This is an this is this is my dream of three five two with the players. See, this makes sense. You guys know how to do it. Atlanta, yeah, off and on, Lazio off and on. But you look at Inter's three five two. Oh, mwah, it's beautiful. You got Lukaku Martinez. You got two good strikers up top. With Lazio's perspective, you only got, okay, Mobile, and then you've got, like, you know, Salcedo, but, like, it's Salcedo. Here in, you got Lukaku Martinez. You know what I mean? If you look along the, the midfield, yeah. it's crazy. You got Young that can play pretty much yeah. everywhere it's between the back and, and the middle. Akimi, he's a, he's a beast. He's a monster. He's not from this planet. He's not... He, he, he's not. Yeah, oh my, oh God, my gosh, Hakimi! No, no, he's just a great player. And then you got Barella, who's like the Italian. He looks like Italian Messi at one point. You know what I mean? He, look, he looks good, right? So, um, this really makes sense. Um, do you think uh, Barella's gonna stay? Though, kind of a silly, but do you think he's gonna stay after you know this season? Because Spurs are after him, Liverpool are after him. I mean, do you think uh, the the one that's the most scary is Atletico Madrid. I love and Atletico. you know this because every Atletico. time someone's linked to Atletico Madrid, sure, I always yeah. mention this. Even if you, you play with Inter, you have to, Lukaku, Martinez, like you said, Hakimi is a good team. 
What, how how are you going to turn down playing with Joe Felix? This kid's got – this kid has everything. And I, I'm not into the stats thing, but, like, it's going to be so hard to turn down, But which is why I think maybe Inter need to win the league to, to avoid that. If, but, again, if, if Liverpool or Atletico Madrid go in, it's probably going to be very difficult to – Oh, 100%. So, my I, thing I is I would extend night. his contract today. I said, they need to offer him a huge contract. Yeah, for sure. 100, put $100 million in. Put, yeah. put like oh, yeah. a 150 million release clause in the contract. You don't feel like you know what I mean. So it would have to be paid um, by that. So it's it's scary business if you let this guy um, um, sort of be in in sort of a situation where someone could buy him. Um, I think I'll, I'll ask you this after the conversation. But he is in conversation with the best midfielder in the league. I would differ, but I'll I'll share my answer a little later. But like that. The fact that he's in that conversation makes it really dangerous. Anyway, I'm sorry no, I hijacked right. your question. Daniel, feel free to so, answer. What was mean, the question Do you think he's going to leave? Like, like Elliot said, like, they got to win the league. You know what I mean? And, and Inter kind of there's, – there's times where they, they kind of sell him by. You know what I mean? But in Belala's case, do you think he's going to stay or go? Like, I, what do you think? I mean, I don't know what his thought process is, but I think if he were to win the league, he may stay because he wants to probably help Inter maintain that success. Um, But in regards to if they don't win the league, then I think there's a high possibility they'll go because he would want to go and win a title with at least some club, whether it be Spurs, um, Atletico Madrid, um, he just wants to win those titles. So, depending on what happens this season, I think we'll determine if he stays or goes. But if Inter are really, really interested in keeping him at the club for the foreseeable future, you needed to put that $150 ring clause on it yeah. yesterday. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. This, go ahead, go this ahead. is an interesting thing, I, I think. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just let me say this quick. So when I'm thinking about oh, this, Hondanovic, Inter need to buy a goalkeeper sooner rather than mm-hmm. even. So what about this? What if they gave him the armband? Because now you have him in the leader position, and I'm not saying take like taking it away from Hondanovic because he's not worthy. You explain to Hondanovic the situation that look, you 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 maybe have another year here, maybe two. We need it. We need to solidify Barella with this club. We're going to renew his contract, but we need we need more than that. When you have a team like Atletico Madrid chasing him, and Liverpool, Spurs, even if Spurs come in, he's not leaving in for Spurs. That'd be ridiculous. But if if you gave him the armband, I think maybe it intensifies his his staying there a little further. That actually would be a good idea. Give him the captain's armband and explain to Handanovic what the situation is. Yeah, I. That's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. I just I don't know. I don't, that's, I don't, that's that. Like Go on paper for Inter to do that, that's cool. That's a good idea. And realistically, I don't see Barella as a captain. I for kind of some reasons there. Um, but also, I, I think that I think kind of Brozovic. I, I'd say yeah, that's I, fair. I, again, you're you're gonna do anything to keep a player, right? So I don't kind of blame you guys for thinking that. Uh, the one thing that that kind of I think is back of Barella's mind is Champions yeah. League. These past two Champions League, they've really been not doing that great. Horrible. So if he's looking at these other teams, he's like, hmm. Horrible. 
okay, if I win the league and I stay here, that's great. But, like, maybe I want more. Maybe I want to lift that cup. Maybe I want that glory. Who, I, at the end of the day, we don't know his, his thought process. You guys are right. But, like, that could be another thing that kind of go against the grain, right? So, right. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. True. I think it depends who they bring in. If they – and this is just a pipe dream – Yep. I want to see this oh, guy in Syria, no. but my team can't buy him, and your team can't buy him. But I would love, love to see Julian Brandt at Inter. Like, if, if you make a signing like that, where you're taking another top-class infielder, midfielder in a more attacking sense, where I, I get that Barella can attack. I think his defensive abilities are much far superior, just in my opinion. Uh, but I think if you brought in someone like that who can play the attacking role, then Barella can say, okay – they just brought in this guy. He's very attacking. He, he did this, this, and this at his previous club. I think I can stay here now because we're not losing. We're, we're not going to get, get knocked out in a, the Champions League with this midfield. So I think they have to sort of buy a player to help with the midfield issues and to play with Barella. Then maybe he, he holds off. But I get what you're saying because he wants to be on a, a team that yeah, can do I well in the Champions deserves, League, not just show uh, up and leave after six solid. games see it like a cam like a nice up top attacker like you guys deserve that i really thought at the beginning um I, what a big joke this was the erickson transfer i really thought erickson was going to show up um unfortunately he didn't fit in conte's system but i mean if you could just you know in the middle i know brosrich you know it's more defensive in the middle yeah. but just a little bit of an attack and kind of spearhead that little bit help with the two strikers up there yeah, in, 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 yeah front of, in front of in front of Bozovic and Burrell, you need an attacking midfielder. I feel like it's strong, but I, I think you kind of need that kind of that hint of attack for sure, most definitely. Yeah, I think it didn't work with Agerson because they only bought him because he was available for twenty million, and secondly, that's not yeah. his natural position. Yeah. Eriksson is more yeah. comfortable underneath underneath the striker or in a much further up, where somebody I don't know. An attacking midfielder could could play in that spot where I guess yeah, Vidal sure. is kind of playing there too, but I, I strike him as kind of defensive as well. So you need somebody in front of those two, whether it's Brozovic and um, and Barella or Brozovic and Vidal or Vidal and yeah. Barella. You need someone right in front of them. Oh, to, sure. to you know, like someone like Papu Gomez, but younger. Somebody in, in attacking, well, DePaul, an attacking midfield, not a center forward, but an attacking midfield bit. that could. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Oh, I th yeah, no, yeah, I think DePaul would work, but I think they've gone in for him so many times. It's like it's never going to happen because we started this podcast at the beginning of last season. Or Sorry, not this podcast, but the other podcast that we do. We started basically when uh, COVID hit. And at that time, we were talking about DePaul to enter, and that was like mid-season last year. And it's come up in conversation a whole bunch. It's this season, last season. I just don't think this – I as 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 I much as I wish Liverpool. he stays in the league, I think DePaul will likely be headed somewhere else. Just because I, can't. yeah, same here. I don't think you can you can play him somewhere. Juventus wants Locatelli. That's who they're going to prioritize. DePaul will be a backup there, um, but maybe someone like DePaul seems like a lost cause. But I would mm -hmm. see yeah. maybe a Oar Ustan Oar from Lyon. Yeah. Um, that, I know the entire entirety of Europe want him. But he would – someone like that. Or um, yeah, uh, the Glockbach yep. one, uh, House, would be a good two. Um, but there's options. But, again, 
to keep Barella there, you have to bring in somebody who's going to yeah. say, okay, all right, this, I got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Feel confident about, mm-hmm. especially Juventus being in such a bad situation with, and, and people might don't like, it's like, but I think they're basically without a coach because Perot doesn't seem to do anything from a strategic perspective. He just seems to make substitutions, and I love Philro, but, like, it's just what I'm seeing. So th- there might be a larger window for other teams to win it before they reload and do their thing. But, um, yeah, but again, yeah, you just sure. had to kind of um, help him out a little bit. You know what I mean? To kind of shift back to, like, Juventus for a second, can we just talk about Frabotta? What the hell was he doing up there? Yeah. Can, you, can someone explain to me what this GQ model was doing up there on the wing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Tell me, what are you doing? Come on, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do with Francesco. He lost it on Fervati. I'll just be like, okay, you look at you, you look at the formation. Sorry, I'm going to just take over just for a second. You look at the formation here. Why would you start Bunton Cool yeah, instead of Mikini? Like, why? Like, that makes no sense to me. That makes no sense. And then you have, you know, you know, the Welsh Prince of Wales over here, Ramsey. Like, eh, you know, whatever you can do there. Like, I because you have Like, you know, I thought he's Polish, by the way, but he's Italian, anyways. Like, you know, you you, you can't like it. Just it's just and you know, and Francesco made a good point yesterday. Pirlo treats his team as their buddies. He's not laying down the hammer. I don't know what's going on. And I'm not going to bash Pirlo. I, I love him as a player. And unfortunately, it, it, so do I. It makes it awkward for me. That's what he I'm just, he's, just like, he doesn't you know, seem like he's doing anything. That's the problem I have. You get a random coach from Riapatis. Messi's like, no, no, no. Take a seat, Grandpa. I'll coach the team on the field. You know what he means? <laughs> That's what it's looking like. So, it, it's just crazy. And then you know, oh my god, it's it's. I think it's these these old generation versus uh, old generation versus young generation. The Kalini can't like yell at Frabotta or can't give him shit because Frabotta's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go against the team. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, yeah, well, it's gonna feel right, triggered. Like a, a he's gonna have to. You're gonna have to. He's gonna have to publicly like, apologize. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> yeah, I get it. Though. Like the thing is, oh, how sure. okay? I think McKinney has been arguably their best player this season. You want to say Ronaldo Zelit? Fine. Even even if he's not their best player, he's one of their top two, top three players on their team. How on earth are you having him sit on yep. the bench until the game is too, before it's, it's too late? He is yeah, one of yeah. the best it's, midfielders in the league this season, and he's sitting on the bench. <laughs> I don't get it. He was he had some knock in the previous game or something, but he was cleared to play. They said he was he was at hundred percent before the game. Yeah. I just don't understand and, why uh, you make that I decision just, when he is even, arguably their best Danilo, player. Uh, Danilo, Danilo too. It's like I I just I don't get it. It's just it 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 doesn't make sense. I feel bad for Pirlo because he was kind of. Thrown in the wolves um, over the summer. He, he was just starting coaching, the, you know, the U23s, whatever. No, he shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, I said in the beginning. He shouldn't I have. It, I he think it was on the very first episode. It, it was way our, our first play. And we even said, too, it's it's too big big of shoes to fill. I think Juve were just too chintzy on the whole coach situation. They should have went big and hard on the coaches. I don't know why they didn't. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Sorry? 
Oh. They should have oh, gone for Pochettino. Even though it's Juve and I hate them. With, they should have gone for Pochettino or something like that. With all the guts inside me, I hate them with the passion. I would have been happy with Poch. With Poch yeah. over there, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean, gone to Fiorentina, I think. Something like that. Because you go into a situation where you're you're having to deal with Ronaldo, Dybala, Levin, Kitty, and, yeah. and Chiesa and all these guys. You've never yeah, coached a game. Exactly. Going yeah. into last season, yeah, exactly. I'd coach more games as I coach than he has. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I only, and I only coach once. So it's it's just like it's just one of these things where like you got to make smarter decisions. And then again, Pillow is a large reason why McKinney got there. So that's that's the one thing I have to say about Pillow. That's and this isn't his fault necessarily, but mm-hmm. they, the Juventus are not going to change their philosophy yeah. in terms of hiring and firing coaches. If Juventus finishes fifth, he's gone. And yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's, the, it, the, it will be unfair the for them, the them to do that. But sure. I feel like and it's coming. Again, I don't want to – I don't blame the guy. But I feel like in the locker room, he's just – he's not – and again, it's – it's. I'm, I'm taking stuff from, from Francesco because he's really not – he's right. He knows Juve more than me. So he was saying in the game that, you know, these players were taking pictures and posting on, my, on Instagram yeah. and doing the same kind of caption. Oh, it's okay. We'll get them next time or whatever. It's like – you guys need to stop doing this posting stuff. Like, back, Cattuso and Derossi, they said, like, quote-unquote, like, back in our day, if we lost, yeah. we're freaking yelling and screaming. We're, we're kind of taking that. We're, we're dying. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The Derossi, yeah, the Derossi quote where he said, when I see, I don't know, I'm just paraphrasing, but he said something when I see yeah, these kids going on sure. Instagram Live and, and, and in the locker room, I want to take a baseball back door, to their teeth. Yell at for vodka. I'd be like, go to your photo shoot. You're late to your photo shoot. Give me your cleats. I don't care. Just go. You're useless to me. I would take all their phones. You're going to get these back when you win or buy new phones. Or- Yeah, I think I think he feel like he. For me, I think he feels like he doesn't have authority because he's this is his first job, and you're in the locker room with Cristiano Ronaldo, who has won everything, one of the, the four or five best best players ever. And I feel like sometimes in the locker room, he doesn't feel like he has the authority based on who he's surrounded by with uh, Cicciolini and all. And what a performance that was between uh, him and Lukaku uh, the other night. I thought that was brilliant. That was like the old school Italian football defense versus offense battle, but there's people who's been in that team longer than he has. And I feel like he doesn't have, he doesn't feel like he has the authority to sort of go in there and demand things, especially when he's coached, you know, 18 games in his career. Yeah. My one friend, uh, you know, Nico, right? Uh, Elliot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, our friend Nico tends to call Bernard Deshi, Bernard Deshit. Because <laughs> he's just terrible. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And me and Elliot discussed this when we started our first podcast that this was a bad move. I mean, if it was a rebuild, which it is, which is not, it's, it kind of is, but this it's a rebuild, but they want to win the Champions League. Yeah, it's so it's like if they wanted to win the Champions League, this was definitely the wrong way to go about it. But if they're trying to rebuild for the future in the next season's Champions League, possibly, this was definitely a good move. But just this whole thing was a bad idea from the start, especially since you knew what the goal was. And I think 
Yeah. In the Champions League, they're going to be go once they go up against like possibly by who do they face in the first round? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Porto. Porto. They'll probably win that, but it's not going to be. Yeah. So, like, if they end up going up against a team like Bayern later on, they're screwed because by. Anybody screwed against But Bayern, yeah, so this was saying. just a whole. It's like Chelsea right now. I mean, they're buying all these players, but if they're doing what we said in one of our recent podcasts, if they're going through like a rebuild themselves, obviously, good idea. Gives, it, gives them more depth and stuff, but just buying players for the sake of buying players. Uh, although that we can relate, we bought Erickson and he's never being used, which I feel bad. Like, have I don't know if you've seen any of the Christian Erickson photos. There, you could just see there's sadness in his eyes because he's getting, he's just getting treated like garbage. And I hope he gets out of the inter because he deserves way better. But he, but he's also taking it. He shouldn't allow that to happen. Also, and I'm not blaming Erickson, but it's just get yourself out of there, man. Don't sit there and just wait until. The club decides. At Spurs, he demanded a transfer. Do the same at Inter. Get himself out of there so Inter can be better and so can exactly. deal better as well. But this whole thing, but in the end, Inter got the three points. Um, we're st- and I can finally, I will finally admit we are in the race now. <laughs> I'm. All right, I've I've won. Okay, I have one question about this because it's been it's been talked about since the game since the full time whistle. Do you guys think that Cole Abreu is the best midfielder in the league? And if not, who who are you taking? That's a good question. I think he's up there, but I would have to go with either Locatelli or Castrovilli, just because they not have. A, I mean, Barella is okay. It has hit and miss performances where, in my opinion, Locatelli and Castrovilli tend to be a little bit more consistent, though, despite the results not showing that performance. If that makes sense. Yeah. Are you still with us? Is he still here? Fernando! Huh. Hello? Everybody here? Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. You for a second. Yeah, I don't know what happened. He said recording, and they just I was trying to talk and nothing. I was he used All right. Like, did, so you heard? You, did you hear the whole conversation? Yeah. Yeah. I, All right. Yeah, do, I you did. Have, do you have any comments about what we were talking about? Sorry about that. I, I didn't know that you weren't here. Sorry. So you're saying if. Uh, Barella was the best midfield right now in CDI. No, no. Before, well, but, but, sorry, did you hear what we were talking about before that too, or just that? Uh, I think it was just that, and then uh, Danella was was talking about her midfielders, who she would pick, and stuff like that. And then it just started to get. Uh, it. Talk, oh, so my bad. We were talking about Pillar. Daniel was saying that uh, this was kind of it wasn't the right move based on the team and based on their expectations when the Champions League. And if this was a rebuild situation, then this would have been a perfect hire, but given the circumstances, uh, it, it was not probably the right move at this point. Anyway, that, that's what you said. And then I asked her who, who the best midfielder and just whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you, okay, do you agree with that or any comment oh, yeah. on that? No, I, I agree with that. I, I want to go with Luis Alberto, but again, it's just these things where, yeah, he had a great game here and there, but it just is he gets too fancy and loses the ball. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Castrovides there from Fiorentina. I think he just comes in, uh, game in, game out, just, you know, focused, ready, ready to go. Yeah, he's playing for Fiorentina, blah, blah, blah. We get it. They're, you know, low in the table. But I think, you know, this kid's going to develop huge, and he works hard. So I'd definitely go with him for sure. Um, I'm a Locatelli guy myself. I think <laughs> – Defensive midfielders, for the most part, have a difficult time being put in these conversations because um, because they're no, they don't play a sex position. Like <clears throat> when I was on your show, uh, with the episode we did, I talked about the reason that Pulisic wasn't as good as Western McKinney for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. It's like the the, the easy answer is K- uh, not Kiesa, um Barella, and I think Barella is in that conversation. So you can make an argument for him. But I would go for someone like Locatelli because I feel like he plays both ends beautifully. And Barella's defensive ability is incredible, but he's also flashy and the entire of Italy is in love with him. So I, I think sometimes they get a little over – they overcompensate for some of the – you know, because they're, they're so in love with this kid and he's completely playing for the national team. And he's, he's going to be a big part of the Euros this summer when they – uh, whatever happens, happens. I think Italy is a year away from really doing something, but he's a big part of what makes them great. And I think because of that, people jump the gun a little bit on, on his greatness. And he is great, but I, for me personally, I would go a uh, Locatelli because of what he does on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. yeah, I could see that for sure. Locatelli has uh, come a long way, especially with, you know, Milan and coming to Sassuolo and everything kind of just everybody written him off at, at one point, right? And then there he comes out of nowhere. Now Man City wants him, and he's just been yeah. phenomenal. So yeah, I, I think and if, if if Man City is want wants him, I think, and I know you're not a fan, you're not a fan of Juve, and I'm not either. So this is why I'm saying this: if Man go. City wants him, he will go there. Yeah, there's like. Listen, if it's between Juventus and Man City, there's no debate, there's no question, there's nothing. He's gone. Yeah. He's going. You can't convince anybody to play for. Um, Andrea Pilro over Pep Gorio. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I hope he stays in the league as long as it's not with Juventus. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I just get annoyed when them, like, if, if you really think about it, they've basically taken all the best players from other teams, which is why they've won the league an X amount of times. So I'd like to see some of these other teams start signing these um, younger players that Juve typically get so if, if he goes to if, if man city are serious they'll 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 get him end of story but um no I, th- I think he's great and i think a lot of ac milan fans when he was sold was saying that uh uh that, that this was a bad deal for oh, or whatever the people were just ripping the, the deal to shreds even i mean he did score against Juventus, but that's number on business yeah. but stuff like that you know what i mean so i think uh he's come a long way and it's it's really close though because i really like um Benistor from ac milan I really like Castro Vili. I think Rodrigo De Paul is in there, even though he plays for um, not a great team. And there's Burrell certainly in that conversation. And, I mean, Roma love aside, I really like Alberto. I think he's – he's it's for me, it's between Alberto and Locatelli. And I think Locatelli – I like Locatelli a little more just because of – just because of what he does defensively. But I think – I think certainly a Burrell – we haven't gone to the top of the pile yet. Yeah, yeah, and I think Locatelli going there makes sense, just because, like we discussed before, 
uh, Man City has a, like they have an aging midfield, and for him to be there to fill in the shoes of uh, you know Fernandinho and everybody else in that midfield, that would be really good. A beginning of a new chapter for Man City, right? So that'd be yeah. really good. Yeah. All right, Danielle, do you want to run through the the games this, that, that took place, and we'll just review them really quick as, as, before we sign out. Um, unfortunately, I do not have my laptop in front of me, I'll and it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Is that cool? That works. You don't have to talk a lot. Um, usually, me and Daniel go through the whole thing, so it's it's not basically surrounding a couple games. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so the okay, yeah. Uh, we already talked about Roma Lazio. Bologna gets the first win against Verona. What's everyone's thoughts on that? Or not the first one, but the first one in a while because they've been playing like garbage. Um, I I think it was a, a great game for Bologna. They needed that win for sure. Very shocking because Verona has been on, like on a hot streak. So when I saw this yeah. like uh, result, I was like, "Holy!" Um, I think it was obviously luck on Bologna's side. They've got that a little bit of luck there, but uh, unfortunately for Verona. Yeah, I think Verona will be fine though. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. They've not been playing well, lately. Uh, and they're going to lose a bunch of bunch of other good players. Uh, they managed to, to be able to adapt to this. Wasn't a great team by any stretch, but Bologna getting that first one is a big deal, even if it was from the penalty spot. So, uh, Danielle, what are your thoughts? Uh, Bologna, Verona. Bologna win 1 0. Oh, good job, Bologna. Um, definitely a good win for them, and hopefully they can get their act, continue this momentum that they've kind of started to find recently. Yeah. All right, um, Sampdoria, Udinese, Sampdoria went two one. What are you guys' thoughts? Man, I, I thought it was an easy win. Well, not much of an easy win for Sampdoria. I, I think it was going to be a scrappy one just because Udinese. They're you, you never know with Udinese. Even though they're doing bad, they they kind of seem to surprise uh, some teams here. So yeah. I thought it was going to be a draw, uh, but uh, good job for Sampdoria. I mean, they're kind of. I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. I called them the dark horse, but now it's, they kind of lost that title a little bit. But now with that win, it's with against Udinese. It's it's one step in the right direction for for them, right? Yeah. So for sure. <laughs> just for just for FYI, Benevento was my dark horse, and they're they're delivering. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I had them. I picked them to finish thirteenth. I don't know. Just since you said yours, I was just going to say mine. Um, yeah, I, I think they were lucky. Udinese are kind of lucky to get that goal. If DePaul doesn't. You know, get the two rebounds and then shoots. Then they probably don't score at all. But uh, Sampdoria has beaten some big teams this season. Uh, they're they're not a real threat, but they're never an easy game. So uh, uh, I think they they've done a good job, and I think they're they're near the top, not top of the table, but the top 10, 12 teams in the league right now. I think so they utilize the transfer uh, market pretty well, though. I, I got to say, over the summer transfer window and them signing that uh, that Brescia, uh, Brescia, you know, attacker that just scored the goal. Yeah, I, he scored. He scored on his yeah, debut I too. Yeah, they're doing really good when it comes to transfers. They're they're really smart about them for sure. Yeah, Kondreva and um, Akita Balde are there yeah. too. Either those two deals, and they got Kondreva for like two yeah, million. Yeah, really so. good business. Um, yeah, Daniel, what do you think about St. Dory's win over uh, for, uh, not for um, Udinese? Definitely a much needed win for them. Has they've kind of like been hit and miss this season. Um, just hopefully they figure out what they need to do going forward because this is a team that we know can deliver when. Like, oh, what's the word I was going to go for? Ugh. 
ADHD. Minding my, mine goes off the rail. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, hopefully they can find that momentum because we know this is a team that can deliver, especially um, late in the season when a lot of the teams usually take their foot out the gas. Um, so hopefully they can find it in them to continue. All right. Uh, Crotone beat Benoit to 4-1. Uh, I think their second win of the season. I did not see this one coming. Uh, this took me by so, such a surprise just because of how good Benevento has been. Um, I don't think Benevento are any real threat of relegation or anything like that, but uh, uh, I'm happy for Crotone because they were looking like a, a team that is on pace to be one of the worst we've seen, and it's good that they get another couple of points. Uh, but again, I think this is uh, this is just a moment to be happy about, but because I, I think there's not a lot of moments like this to come. But uh, good, good for them. They they beat the crap out of them, <laughs> and fair play. Yeah. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, for sure. I, I think very surprising when I saw the result. I thought like they mixed it up, or my phone was like broken, or whatever. I, I really didn't believe that <laughs> result. Um, yeah, I, I, that's rough. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's crazy. Like you know, the croutons, aka crotone. Um, I like to call them the croutons. Yeah. Um, it just like you said. Yeah, they're. They're going to enjoy this uh, victory very well, but it's not something that they're going to enjoy for, for a long while just because I feel like, yeah, they're going to struggle after this game. And uh, that red card in Benevento is very unlucky. It's very kind of like, ah, shit, you know what I mean, moments. So, I mean, yeah. um, tough luck for Benevento, but I'm sure they're going to do uh, good within the next couple of games. I don't, like you said, I don't see them getting relegated at all. Nah, me either. Daniel, what are your thoughts on that? First of all... <laughs> Have we met Fernando? Because I also call him FC Crouton. Yeah, I, it's. She also calls Bologna. She also calls Bologna a lunch meat That's FC. What I said. So I call them Bologna. I call uh, Parmesan cheese. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think we met in, a, in another lifetime, for sure. It's so funny, yeah. I mean, that is so funny. Like, I called the Genoa versus Bologna game the Derby Del Lunch that's meet. That's amazing. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is, I'm like, did we meet a long time ago or something? Maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows, maybe in a past yeah. life or something. That That's just a riot. Um, yeah, definitely a great win for Cretone, who have been struggling. Um, unfortunately, I don't see them being able to, like, really take momentum from this because they've been struggling throughout the season. And it's unfortunate to see them possibly get relegated again. It's just, like, especially I actually have a liking for uh, Crouton FC, but... It, it, but really, it's good to see that they were able to get some points out of this one. Yeah. They'll probably be the first team to be relegated mathematically. I've liked them ever since they beat Lazio last game of the season. That was... Yeah. Oh, they deserved it. Oh, they deserved it. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. I just thought they were going yeah. down. Because oh. I'm like, uh-oh, yeah. they're in trouble. But then they beat... I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, anyway, uh, the most inconsistent team in the world, against Napoli beating them 6-0 up. There's probably not too much to take from this one, but what were you guys' thoughts? I, I, Fiorentina, again, again, like, this is, I, like, it's funny you bring up, like, you know, them every summer. Oh, we're going to do so good. We're going to do so good. And it's just. They always it, say it, it though. It's like, you bring it's it up. Like, it, it's like looking at, a, like, a, like, you know, those, like, pure juices. Oh, pure oranges. And you look at their ingredients and it's, like, all, like, toxic stuff for you and sugars. That's Fiorentina mm-hmm. to a nutshell. And I think they really, like, I don't want to bash Prandelli too much because he's trying his best here to keep this team afloat. 
But yeah, but that was that was the wrong yeah, hire I, though. Yeah, yeah, they should have done that. Sorry, is that? I, I think that yeah, no, I think they should have done that a while ago or not even at all. It was kind of like a blast from the past. But again, two different yeah. teams, right? It just he didn't fit in that system. So um, easy win for now, yeah. for sure. And the the uh, another point on that is Fiorentina's is president does too much talking for someone who doesn't way do anything. Much, you know what I mean? Much. They talk he what he talks way too much for a team that's always finishing below tenth. And I don't count the tenth place that they got last season. The only reason they got that is because certain teams after the 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 restart collapsed and they ended up doing okay. If if if, they, if the season had continued, um, they would have finished like fourteenth. But equally, if the season had continued, you guys might have won the league. So, yeah, exactly. Um, I actually think that yep. would have happened, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, uh, Danielle, uh, Napoli 6, Fiorentino Nell. Any thoughts on this situation? Oh, my gosh. They killed them. Those bastards. <laughs> I, mean, this, I mean, Napoli, definitely the stronger team. Obviously, um, even though they've had their hit and misses throughout the season, um, Fiorentina has, as we always like to say, all talk and like all hype and no action. Uh, it's just like they, this was pretty much how I saw this match going from the get go. Yeah. Even Andrea Patania looked pretty decent. And for I those of you who don't know, I, th- I, th- I think he's a good player, but I think Napoli might be a little bit above his, above his level. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice to see him and, and it's not because I just like him. I just see him as a, a player that's, uh, not, maybe not a relegation type player, but a player who, who plays for a team like, um, I don't know, Cagliari, Sassuolo, Torino, teams like that. I, I just thought Napoli buying him was strange, but, um, he looked pretty good in that game and it's, and he's, it's not been the case for a lot of the, uh, the Napoli games I've seen, but I'm happy for him, even though, uh, you know, I, I still think he's, he's, he's pretty lucky to be playing for Napoli. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, Parma and Sassuolo 1-1. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts really on that one? Sassuolo. I really thought they were going to take this. Honestly, like, yeah. this is a team that's been kind of giving everyone a surprise, but unfortunately they don't have uh, – not that, that just the energy to keep going. You know, I feel like they're burning out a little bit, especially mm-hmm. with Parma, with all the transitioning and changing and the players they want to bring in. Um, in the transfer window to that weird transition, and they are struggling. So I really thought Tesla were going to take this easy three points, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know why. It just it confuses me a little bit. Yeah, why they tied. So I think. Yeah, I think it just exposes Sassuolo's frauds because Parma can't score against anybody and then scored against um, Sassuolo. And they almost won the game if it wasn't yeah, for that penalty yeah. late. Uh, for sure. Danielle, what do you uh, what do you what do you think about Parma getting a point against Sassuolo? Definitely much needed for them. Um, Sassuolo, as we said in some of our recent episodes, we knew this wasn't going to last, and they would have their wake up call and stuff. So, hello, there's your wake up call. It's they're they're frauds, especially with how they've been performing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see what's uh, Atlanta. Nothing. Zero zero with Genoa. Uh, I think this is frankly embarrassing for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Every single time they start playing hot, they drop a team like this. This is why I don't care that they have not goal in hand uh, in terms of trying to catch Roma in the table, uh, because they'll always lose a game like this. Um, Zabata came close a few times, and I think uh, 
at this point, he's someone who, if they don't make the Champions League, is going to be it's, he's going to be an interesting proposition for a lot of different clubs. Um, but Genoa playing really well lately. They're not going down, I don't think now, even though it looked like at the beginning of the season. But uh, really good point for Genoa. But Alonso just got hit in the tracks again. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm getting sick of this whole Gasparini and the Atlanta show here. Like, this is, especially with Genoa, like, come on, guys, you shouldn't be tying. You should be spanging in those goals. You guys are known for your attack. Uh, I mean, uh, I got to give it to Genoa, though, keeping their ground. This is an important kind of draw for them. I like how they're using the transfer market as well, too, over the summer, plus this winter transfer as well. They're, they are taking a quite a bit of players on loan slash buying some players. They're they're being smart about it. So, yep. um, yeah, uh, Atlanta, you have to do better, period. That's all. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Uh, Daniel, by the way, remember when you declared that Jenna was going down? They've been on fire ever since you said you that. You helped them. <laughs> when she said it, I'm like, you know they're not going to survive, right? Yeah. I, I don't I, mind I, it, though. Yeah, because, like, if you've uh, – I don't know if you listen to our uh, podcast routinely, but we've always said, like, Genoa's going to go down. They're terrible. They're not going to do anything. But then they always do something that they're like, yeah, you say we were going to go down, but just kidding. Yeah. And they're doing I it again. Off. Every year it's crazy. It's between them and Sambadori always, like, fighting in the bottom. And, like, miraculously these guys come out of nowhere – Drop a smoke bomb in one of their games and just win, and then they they're able to survive. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's nuts. My rule, my rule is this: Genoa can go down as long as Sampdoria goes with them. If I don't want, I don't want. Yeah. I want either both of them oh, in the oh, league yeah. or neither yeah. of them, because the derby needs to happen, whether it's in Serie A yeah. or Serie B. I I could care less as long as they're both in the league or out of the league together. So same door is not going down. Yeah, so I don't want Genoa to go down either. Yeah. It's really good because neither of them win anything, but that's yeah, what makes sure. it kind of fun. Uh, Torino, a Spezia zero zero uh, Torino's coaches got sacked after the game. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's not too much to take from this. I thought both teams were kind of appalling um, and they should have fired their, their guy a while ago. He's he's going to have a very difficult time getting another job, I think, in Italy because of how badly he has had his last couple jobs, uh, especially. Yeah, uh, I what agree. Do you I, I mentioned it last night that he's not a City Out coach. He's never been a City Out coach. He got lucky with Sampadoria before going to Milan. When he took over Catuzzo's job, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, literally, who is this guy? Um and then, you know, he gets sacked there, goes to, you know, Torino. And then, yeah, Giampaolo, he's really, really inconsistent. Uh, I feel like I just something about him just seems off when he's on the sidelines. I I said that mm-hmm. he's good for a City B coach, maybe Pascara or one of the lower City B guys, uh, maybe Pisa as well, just to restart his, his career, vamp it up, kind of earn his stripes back again to go up in the A. Um, but I, I do yeah. like how uh, Torino brought in Davide Nicola, uh, who's more famous of the, you know, Crotone yeah. season there when he helped him survive. Um, it was very yep. smart. He's, he's, he's been around, but he's, he, yeah. he's done a decent job. She, he did okay. Things didn't end at well at Udinese, but uh, he beat Roma in his first game of charge originally when he joined them. So I think he's a decent coach. Um, again, with when you're 
when you're Torino, it's going to be very difficult to recruit a coach that's a high level. But I hope Torino survives. Actually, I kind of do and I don't. I don't because I want him Bellotti's price to, to go down a bit so Roma can go get him. But I do because uh, I'm I'm infatuated with the Grande Torino team. I I read a a big project on them and and that club oh, yeah. has has so much history that nobody knows. And so because of that, I, I just think it's it's like inherently wrong that they sh- that they're gonna looks like they're gonna be relegated. But I hope they somehow find a way to survive. I would rather pretty much any of these teams relegate than them because there's there's you shouldn't when you're a team with that much history it's just it's just wrong it's kind of like when aston villa uh was relegated from the premier league and they were in the championship for all those years despite having a european cup in their cabinet it's just weird so i hope they survive but you know this was kind of a this was the right move to, to sack the guy and uh zero zero good good performance uh, uh from um Spitz as well i think uh Pogaba, the the midfielder oh, yeah. that they have, is, in, is incredible. Uh, he was he was, oh, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. Um, but outside of that, that's the only takeaway I really had from that game because it was kind of kind of dull a little bit. Uh, Daniel, what did you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, Torino should have sacked their manager like long ago. Um, yeah, and it would suck to see Torino go down. Oh my gosh, that it. Yeah, although that we remember that one time. When we got you, I finally got into the sport of football, and we saw the Aston Villa get relegated. That was just weird. Yeah, and I hadn't known a lot of the history of these teams. Like, like I said, I'm going on six years, and just so you know, football is my favorite sport of all time. It will never change. And normally, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, "Oh, my parents would say, oh, this is just a phase. This is just a phase.' Like, she'll come back <laughs> to American sports." I'm like. Yeah, what? it's like it's like being addicted to coke and saying yeah. it's just a phase. Yeah. yeah, you just have that. You know, it's like yeah, I still watch American sports, but I'm not as enthralled in them as I used to be. Football is just taking over my life, like my whole entire bedroom. Inter Milan blanket, Inter Milan pillowcase, Inter pendants. Uh, Elliot for my hundredth article got me a Javier Zanetti stat fit poster with his number. Um, I've, he also got me a 3D puzzle of the San Siro. Uh, I also have my own Inter Milan alarm clock. It's just like football has just taken over my life. And without it, I would have been still stuck in a life of mediocrity. And yes, I'm slowly trying to get work myself to get back where I was with my blog articles and everything. Of course, if you anybody's seen my posts, you would know. Um, it's just like without that... Football in my life, there I besides God, I, I'd be nothing. Yeah, big impact for sure. Yeah, uh, me too. Um, one more thing on the Torino thing, I just want to point this out. I think if if that disaster didn't happen, there would only be two. There would only only Real Madrid and Barcelona All would be bigger clubs than, than yeah, them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. for people, yeah, if if there's Champions League during their era. They have more. They have more oh, Champions leagues than any team in Italy uh, right now. So, so I think that for that reason, I think Torino. Just to piggyback on that, should be a, a team that we should all be hoping doesn't go down, unless you're a Juventus fan, which you're probably cheering I, for it. But you know, I just like I, I don't want to. Be, really you know what I mean? In, uh, 2009. So that's going to be tough. I just like how over the years Torino were able to pick off again a kind of a Lazio thing, but pick off the the, the, the garbage of. of Juventus and kind of made them their own players and kind of, you know what I mean? Like Amaury, Quacadella, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just it's, it's need to name one of the few. So yeah. it'd be really unfortunate for uh, Torino if they do get relegated. Yeah. Plus, not to to, to yeah, go yeah. long. I'm gonna we're gonna close out here in a minute, but but they have uh, the the historical team, and then they had this um, they had this player um, uh, who died. He was like the next. Oh, he's he's yeah. compared to George yeah, Best. Yeah. Um, I don't remember his name. Um, I, I, there's some Italian name. It means the maroon butterfly. I forgot his name. He died in between the the disaster and the uh, and then the guy who basically created the dynasty of Torino died the day of uh, their their championship, which was the only one they won. And again, I was compared to Man United. Man United was fortunate because they had players that survived, like important ones like Sir Alex, uh, not not Fergus, but um, Bobby Charlton and and many other pieces that they were able to rebuild. So it just, it's always fascinating to me what could have happened if that didn't happen, how big they would be. And then we could have seen like um, a, a friend of ours, Ryan, who's on our podcast, joked when I did this podcast episode, like, it's like, could you imagine Cristiano Ronaldo playing for Torino and then with Neymar and, and, you know, Kevin De Bruyne and people like that. Imagine, I, I don't know. It's just hard to, to put in perspective, but. All right, one more last game, and I'm going to have one transfer question or a couple, and then uh, we'll we'll see it. We'll we'll end this. Uh, Milan beating Calgary. Uh, any thoughts for you guys? Um, I mean, no surprise here. Milan uh, definitely beating uh, Calgary. Yeah, no problem. I mean, as uh, Latan a beast as, as yeah. he is, just going in there scoring. I think the record was yeah. he scored a goal every year since 1993 or 1992. So good achievement <laughs> for him. Um, yeah, they just looked calm, confident. It's the Milan that we've been seeing. It, it, they kind of learned from their mistakes from that first loss in, in 35 matches or whatever the, that record was. Uh, but very good and um, great news to add to the to, to the Mario transfer, right? So it was uh, it was very good, very good for Milan for sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, they were great. Southland scored twice. Yeah, Calgary sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say. There, there's no reason they should, based on their team. But um, none of the moves they made seemed to make any difference. Um, I like uh, my guy uh, Razan Menmarin, uh, the Romanian midfielder, yeah. who I think has been one of their best players. But he plays for the team, but no talks about it. So yeah. I, they don't get relegated because I want to see him in the league. But other than that, yep. Cavalier is just not doing what they're supposed to. Uh, Daniel, any thoughts on that? Quickly, <laughs> ditto. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Just one more thing on the Milan thing. Um, they just signed Mario Mandzukic. Um, how big of a deal um, is that? Uh, Daniel, if, you don't, if you're not familiar enough with it, you don't have to answer. Okay, uh, okay. If, if I can jump in real quick, sorry. Um, yeah, so I like the deal. Don't get me wrong. I mean, got him on a free, cool. His age is a little dicey. Okay. The only concern I have is yeah. him and Zlatan playing together. They are very two strong-minded players. And some people disagreed with me in this. Some people said, like, oh, man, Juchitz is going to step down. He's going to, you know, let Zlatan kind of be ahead with him when it comes to decisions. He's going to work with them. I just I, – I can't believe it until I see it. Again, I, I think, obviously, they're going to change up the formation. They're going to try to form up the partner, partnership as best as they can. Um, it obviously didn't work with Piontek. Uh, with Zlatan, that's why he left to go to Hertha Berlin. I just, I don't know. For business business perspective, great, cool. But when it comes to a team and the chemistry, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's going to be really dicey. 
I want to see the the first game or a few mm-hmm. for a couple games uh, for this to happen. So I, I'm not too sure. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Yeah, I think it's a good deal because I think the chemistry thing is an issue, but I think the the main point is I, I think it's understood that Manzukic is not going to be the starter and he's going to be a guy come off, coming off the bench. Um, so if, if that's okay with Manzukic and Zlatan, I think they'll, work, they'll figure it out. Um, again, I don't think this signing makes the whole league over. It's not yeah. like a Manzukic at 25, it'd be a different story. But chemistry thing is an issue. But if, if they can work out, okay, Manzukic, you're going to be the bench. You're going to come off the bench and give us some solid minutes. And Zlatan, you're going to continue to start. But then I'm just a little concerned because what happens when Rebic comes back and is healthy and Lightly Out is there too? You got four strikers. Yeah. You got It's a good problem to have. But it's going to be how not like there's going to be games where half two of those guys don't play, so they have to figure it out on their own on their own terms. But I think it's a good deal yeah. if if it if they all can fit together. Uh, Daniel, you have anything out of that or or pass? Uh, pass because I really don't know much about him. All right, yeah, uh, this is really th- thanks for coming thing. on, man. Thanks this so is this is fun. On it was fun, good laughs. So, I mean, yeah, want me on, like, I'm, I'm available for sure. No problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I- you bet. Uh, yes, our, our episodes just tend to be a little longer than other people's because we like to really get into the details of the situation. So uh, anyway, um, if you yeah, want to plug yeah, anything, so, um, uh, uh, feel free. You guys know me as uh, Lazio Close. So if you guys feel you want to giggle here and there, you can follow me at Lazio Close. So Lazio as a team, Close as the player. Uh, you can follow me on there. Um, but more on the footy side, I have a page named Kicking Cleats. I also do a podcast on there as well, too. Uh, so follow there, Kicking Cleats. Um, but other than that, thank you guys again for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, thanks again. We'll, we'll we'll definitely do this again when we when we figure <laughs> out which Rome team is going to finish in front of the other one. Whether it's, whether, it's a good <laughs> whether it's a good or bad thing, we'll see. Um, but I'll definitely have you at back, especially if we end up finishing ahead of you, which I just don't know based on the situation, but, um, uh, all right, I'll probably post this. I got some writing to do tonight uh, about this atrocity that took place in the Copa Italia, but, uh, I'll, I'll probably post it, uh, um, to, uh, tomorrow sometime, uh, Daniel, I'm going to edit it. So don't, you don't need to post anything on it. Um, and then, um, then I'll share it on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. So you guys can share it and tell people, listen to it. Um, Thank anyway, so much, uh, th- thanks for coming on and we'll